4: All right, we are back. Drive Radio KLZ 560. John and Littleton, I want to go back to your question, which is, you know, you went down to the RV show. For everybody maybe that's just joining us now at the 11 o'clock mark here, John went to the RV show looking at travel trailers. And really, John, I appreciate you asking on the front side because so many people don't. I was just telling the guys, you know, during the break there that, you know, I'll go up into the mountains especially during the summer months. And I just watch the vehicles that are going up the hill you know, and in, in the, in the things that they're towing. And, John, I just shake my head. I just think to myself, you're just an accident waiting to happen with some of the things that I see on the road. And I see it far too often. And I, for one, want to be safe not only with myself but the people that I'm around. I've got a certain responsibility there that I think a lot of people just ignore. And, unfortunately, not all trailer places are this way. But unfortunately, there's far too many of them, and salespeople at that. As long as that thing hooks up and tows that travel trailer away, they don't care. Yeah, that's the bottom line. So, anyways, really quick, you're looking for twenty-six or above feet-wise.
3: Yeah, that sounds like probably what we're looking for. Yeah, and I'm one, and I think you know, but I'm kind of in the in the uh, stage of life where I want to go do some traveling. Um, And so maybe there's a time where I'll have a smaller trailer, but maybe if I take some grandkid-type people with me, I might want a bigger trailer. Um, So when I'm looking at that truck, I want to make sure I get the one I need no matter what choice I make.
4: Well, and the plus side to the fifth wheels, of course, as you know, is you get all sorts of extra sleeping quarters, you know, that are up and I mean really a full bedroom, if you would, typically that's up and over that gooseneck portion, which makes the living space very, very nice because you get all the nice open floor that way. And I will say this, the floor plans on a lot of these new travel trailers are, you could live in them full time, darn near. Mm -hmm. They are so nice on the inside, way different than what it used to be. And to your point, John, if you buy, as Justin said earlier, you know, a full heavy three quarter ton or one ton truck, the reality is you've got the ability to do whatever you want to. Now, with that being said, depending upon how big of a fifth wheel you go with, if you go really big, you need a dually. You need two wheels in the back, not just the single wheel. Now, you got to get pretty good size. I mean, we're talking 35 to 40-foot, you, know, you know, a fifth wheel or a gooseneck, for some of you guys that are you're towing gooseneck trailers. That's a whole nother world. If you get that big, yes, you need to go out and buy a full-bore, you know, dually truck and all of that, John. But if you're looking to, you know, 28 to... 30, 32 foot, you could do a single wheel trailer and be just, or a single wheel vehicle and be just fine.
3: So, what should I be looking for other than a three quarter? I mean, is there a brand? Is there an
4: engine? Is, you know, what? Diesel only. They're all great. All three manufacturers are fabulous. If you do a Ram, you've got to go one ton because the transmissions are heavier. You get the ASIN transmission in a one ton that you don't get in the three quarter ton. So, on the Rams, I would only buy. A one ton now when it comes to ford and chevy they use different transmissions throughout their whole heavy-duty line they're all the same you can buy three-quarter ton if you want to
3: and obviously
4: there's many brands and many options um, how about well there's only three you got you got gm truck. ford and and Ram or Dodge, I should say, that really, when it comes to truck, you've only got three options on trucks. Now, how you equip it, there's many, many options, but as far as the three brands, that's all you've got.
5: So if I was
3: looking for something used, is there a brand or a years that I would want to maybe focus on?
4: Yes, you would want to stay, in my opinion, I'll ask these two guys, but I probably wouldn't buy a diesel truck for what you're trying to do, that's older than 2016 probably i think the majority of them had had most of their bugs worked out of their urea injection and all the different things they had to work through even transmission wise and so on i don't think i'd buy anything older than a 2016 if it were me
6: i agree with that probably don't go too high on the miles yeah know. i agree
4: with that too mm-hmm. you know, yeah, under try 100 to as miles as possible. yes yes Unless it's some fanatic that's done, you know, very good job of all the maintenance records and you've got those at hand and it's somebody that was out on the road, you know, doing what you're doing, yeah, if they've got eighty to a hundred and you've got all the receipts and you can see exactly what they did, that's a different situation, John. But uh, I'm with Justin. Typically those high mile trucks were hot shotters or something along those lines and i don't want to buy one of their old trucks
6: and john you're you're welcome to call down to ridgeline auto brokers with whatever vehicle you're looking at and we can give you whatever piece of advice we have to as you're shopping so feel free to give us a call we'd be glad to help too. run the
4: carfax for you the whole bit john absolutely that'd be great thank you gentlemen really appreciate it yeah and again just just look and these guys can also help you they can they can bird dog and find a truck if you're looking and you know, if you're not looking to buy a new one, which the new ones, you know, for those of you that don't know, a new truck for what John's looking at, not fully equipped but well equipped, is seventy five grand. Yep.
6: Mm-hmm.
4: Well Start. equipped, they're ninety plus.
6: Yeah, some of them yeah.
4: hundred hundred if Six-figure you really truck. want to get up there. Yes, yeah. yes.
6: And what is
3: the price range of you know the? I'll say 2018, 2020 range. 50-ish? Is what talking about. 50-ish? So you are saving quite
4: a bit. Yeah, you are. Now, you, again, you've got to find the right truck that's been maintained and taken care of. And what you really want to find is maybe somebody like yourself that got into this. Maybe something happened health-wise or they just decided, you know, instead of having a travel trailer, we're going to buy a place in Arizona instead. So instead of traveling, we're just going to have a second home and we're going to sell off this other stuff. And there's some of those guys out there john that would be ideal in some cases you could buy the complete assembly the travel trailer and the truck if you wanted to because some of them do that that's a thought They're, they're just they're ready to get out of it they've bought another home or their their ability to travel isn't what it used to be medically they just can't do it and they're ready to settle down into one place and they're selling everything off those people exist
6: you got to find that person that thought they wanted to travel in the travel trailer and never
4: did. Correct. <laughs> and then you get the whole, yeah. whole setup. Correct. In fact, I, I have somebody that I know that's got a little bit older Ram truck. It is a dually. It's two-wheel drive is the only downside to this truck because when they use it, it's only in warm weather. Very nice fifth-wheel trailer that goes with it that you can buy for the right money. If you're interested in that, send me an email, John. I'll give you their info.
3: All right, guys. Well,
4: thank you. You're very welcome, John. Appreciate it. Great question, by the way. I wish people did that more often on the front side versus the back side because I'm afraid there's too many people that buy things they shouldn't have in the first place, and then they end up upgrading the vehicle after the fact, and they end up spending way more money than they needed to in the first place. So, Eric in Denver, you're up. Hey, guys.
7: So, a couple of, couple of quick comments here. Um, first caller uh, last hour was talking about the undercarriage washes. Mm-hmm. And a thought on that, if you have a four-wheel drive, SUV, pickup, or a Subaru, something that has a lot of skid plates underneath it, uh, or that you've modified and put aftermarket skid plates on, consider uh, every time you get it washed, getting an undercarriage wash done. Um, those skid, skid plates trap so much crud up underneath that vehicle. And most of these uh, full-service car washes, their jets are angled so that they will do a fairly good job of getting up underneath there.
5: Mm-hmm.
7: Um, I have a sh- I have a, a full service car wash on the south side of town that I use religiously, and yeah, it. I've gone underneath there and used my power pressure washer attachment, and thought, "Oh, I got it clean," and gone down there and let and run it through the tunnel, and stood there watching through the windows the mud that came off, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, that's interesting."
4: Mm-hmm. Um, yep.
7: The other thing, great point the by the way, and, and, and the other thing regarding the towing, John. You you, you know my feelings on most of the RVers. Uh,
4: oh, most the of them are hauling companies. way more than their ability has to do so, Eric.
7: Yeah, well, and, and it also way more than their experience level too. That's what I mean. Uh, yeah, they, yeah. Their their ability
4: yeah. tow wise isn't there.
7: Yeah, and the ability, but the thing you know, what's funny is back in the early two thousands, and these are still around. There was a company that made a lightweight fifth wheel that was designed for the midsize pickup, Toyota. Yes, uh, and, and they're still around. And, yes, and they are. To about a 24 foot in length, and the very first time I saw one on the interstate, it was a guy towing one with a Dakota, and I was like, "What's those?" And we have to get off to the same exit, and they were stopped to get gas, and I was looking at the thing and talking to the guy, and it, it's a, it's a neat setup, and I still see a bunch of these around. It's amazing. Yeah, they're way, um, they're, know, they're
4: typically they, built out of aluminum. They're a lighter trailer. They don't have all the wood in them that the other type of RVs yeah. had. And, again, Eric, as you know, this comes down to what are you going to pay for the RV itself. And, yes, I will tell you, the more you pay, the better quality you get, and typically the better towability you end up with.
7: Yeah, and, and regarding the price on a one-time, figure a one-time Dually Ford diesel four-door it's going to start, and, and this is drift. It's going to start at about eighty thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Ram thirty five hundred diesel with the regular diesel, not the high output diesel, starts at seventy five. The high output starts at eighty five, and uh, the sky's the limit on the price. Back in October, there was a dealer in Salt Lake was selling a Ram thirty five hundred that was set up for the Hot Shot user. Four door, long bed, dually, every bell, every whistle, out the door. The price went taxed with tax was one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars.
4: Yeah, No, I don't doubt that. I mean, I traded off my my twenty nineteen single wheel mega cab Ram. I traded it, and I got seventy five k as trade. Mm-hmm. And the vehicle yeah, was that I, old, so that tells you what the new ones cost.
7: Yeah, and it and, and every once in a while, when I'm bored, I'll start playing on the computer, and I'll go on there and. Uh, on Ram or GM or, or Ford site, just for giggles and spec, you know, my quote unquote dream truck. Mm-hmm. I do a one ton dually. And it's, you know, it, it's amazing. But one thing, though, the Ram, um, if you go, you can get the high output diesel in either the three quarter or the one ton, and it's the same transmission.
4: Yeah, you have to get the HO engine to get the ASIN transmission. That must be new because for the longest time you couldn't get that except in a three thousand five hundred.
7: Yeah, it's when you if you click on it, it automatically goes to a specific transmission, and it will not change. It, it, and if you change the transmission, it changes the motor mm-hmm. on, on the setting. So and and, it, and it's automatically a nine thousand dollars adds yep. nine thousand dollars or ninety nine hundred to the price.
4: Correct. So yeah,
7: that's 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 the thing. And, and yeah, it's yeah, a lot of these fifth wheels anymore, they're yeah, they're nicer than than some houses. Oh, and in a case.
4: lot of cases definitely are, yes.
7: But the thing and it goes back to our original comment. Not only do you want to have the vehicle for it, you need to have the skills for it. And if you're sixty years old and you've spent your whole life never towing and all you've driven is an SUV or a half ton pickup before you take that fifth wheel out on the road learn you know and, and really get out there and play with it drive it around town a little bit and there are companies that do offer training classes now for going rv
4: huh. and it's and it's okay. stuff. I I, know that.
7: i've seen a couple of, yeah i've seen them advertised um, online and i really wish more of the rv dealers would get into doing that mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I, I see it on a daily basis. You know, I'm in the semi cruising down the road, and I see Ma and Pa Kettle mm-hmm. in their right. Ram 3500 with temp tags and their 40-foot travel trailer with temp tags. And Pa fig- forgets he's got 40 feet be- extra behind him. And I've almost had my hood taken off a few times. And those air horns on my se- those air horns on semis are a real wake-up call when you just about <laughs> take somebody's foot off. <laughs> And, and and the other thing, too, is for people new to doing this idea, just because you have that 3,500 Ram or whichever with 400 horsepower and 1,000 foot-pounds of torque, that doesn't mean you can do 80 miles an hour down the highway towing your travel trailer. Nope. Because the tires on your travel trailer are only rated to 70 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, yeah, and it's, and yeah, it's, this is why there should be training classes there should be laws and you know california highway patrol they actually have a division that targets rv and rv tours and make sure that they're operating in a safe manner and it'd be nice if other states would would do that it really would
4: mm-hmm. i agree
7: so and just, just a couple thoughts ahead.
4: No, no, good stuff. I appreciate that, Eric. Thanks. And let's do this. We've got to take a break. We'll be right back. I want to look something up really quick too as to what Eric said a moment ago. But we'll be right back. This is Drive Radio KLZ five sixty.
2: Take advantage of Geno's Auto Services alignment and tire rotation special. Winter in Colorado can be tough on your car. Now, through the end of the month, get your vehicle aligned and all four tires rotated for just $99.99. For just $99.99. Geno's can also check to see that your heater is working properly with the cold months ahead. At Geno's, we know a well maintained vehicle will last and take care of you. For over 39 years, Geno's has been serving customers along the front range. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. Any maintenance or repair work on your vehicle comes with a NAPA Peace of Mind warranty covering parts and labor for 36 months or 36,000 miles. Give us a call or go online to schedule an appointment. Geno's is AAA approved and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon. Don't forget to check out all of Gino's Google reviews. Stop in or visit us online at genosautoservice.com. That's Geno's with a J.
0: Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance oil change comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage. And something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making.
1: Do you know what to do in a traffic stop? Kevin Flesh would like to give you a few tips to help keep you and your passengers safe. If you are being pulled over for a traffic violation, slow down and put on your hazards, find a well-lit location that is out of the lane of traffic, Keep your hands on the wheel where the officer can see them and be polite. If you feel it's necessary, record the traffic stop and then if you need any legal help, call Kevin Flesh at Flesh Law Firm. Kevin is our legal eagle and is an expert in traffic altercations and accidents. So put this number into your phone 303 806 8886. You can also find Kevin online at fleshlawfirm.com. Kevin Flesh, Flesh Law Firm, and proud sponsor of Drive Radio.
8: We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference.
4: All right, we are back, and I wanted to really make sure that I was correct on this before I stated anything. Eric, I don't know what you're looking at on RAM's site, but you cannot get... An HO engine or the ASIN transmission without going to a 3500 in a Ram. So I don't know what you're looking at. I was pretty sure of that because I buy enough fleet trucks where I pretty much knew that on the front side, but I didn't want to say anything without double-checking myself. That's for 2022. I don't think they've changed it in 2023. I'll double-check. But currently, the vehicles you can buy through Ram, to get an ASIN transmission, HO engine, you've got to buy a full 3500 series truck. I do not see the ability to buy the full ASIN transmission in a three-quarter ton series. Steve in Denver, you're next. Hey, how you doing? Good, Steve. Hey,
9: uh, just a question. I took my car to get an emissions, and the guy that pulled it in held the button on the seat when he adjusted it and burnt the motor out. Oh. So um, is there any way to manually move an electric seat? Or no.
4: No. Thing out. There is not. You have to replace it.
6: The first thing I would check uh, is to make sure a penny did not fall in there, or a, a dime, corner, yeah. or something fall
4: into that. Um, the, track, the, the the worm track. gear. Yep. Ooh, okay.
9: Yeah. Yeah. I've, I look. There's nothing underneath. It. That's a shame. That's do, do you hear
4: anything when you go to move the seat?
9: It just clicks. It just. Uh, it was working fine. The guy adjusted the seat and just held it in.
4: Which it makes it sound it. like the motor's burned up. Yeah.
9: Yeah, so I'll have to pull the seat and change the motor, or do I have to change everything?
4: You no, know? just change the motor. Yeah. The, the, the seat comes apart. You can take the motor assembly out and so on and change just that, yes.
9: Okay, okay. I'll try that. All right, I just uh, had had to get your opinion, but all right.
4: Thank you. You're very welcome. No, I appreciate it, Steve. Yeah. Thanks for uh, asking. yeah. <sighs> I guess the other thing I would be looking at is going back to the person that burned it up and how do I get this replaced. I know that's always tough because, you know, they're going to come back and say, oh, it was that way when, I, when when we pulled it in to do the you know, I the emissions work be, or whatever. Yeah. But uh, that is where you almost need to, I hate to say this, but before you take your vehicle in and give it to the guy and give your keys over to the emissions place, if there's some key things like that that you want to make sure are exactly the way they were when you gave it to him, you probably ought to video some of that. Because now you've got the ability to say, okay, seat works back and forth, this works, that works. And then if you get it back and it doesn't, you've got your proof that, well, it did before. In fact, it's, it's time-stamped right here. Your guy filming him, he got in the vehicle. Now it doesn't work. That's about the only way you're ever going to get that taken care of, probably.
6: I'd still try to go back to AirCare Colorado well, I and see, see you if bet. you could get them to pay for the repair.
4: Wouldn't hurt. Yep. Wouldn't hurt. Ivan and Parker, you're next.
10: Hey, thanks, John. Hey, I appreciate your show. Thank you. Um, but uh, I just had a couple of questions about motor oil for two different vehicles. Sure. Um, so I got a. My wife has a 2018 Durango with the 5.7 Hemi, and it it says on you know that it requires a 520 mm-hmm. weight oil, but it says nothing about synthetic. It needs at to be all. synthetic. It does. Okay. Yes. Um, and, and now, are you, th- are you thinking a full synthetic yes. or a semi-synthetic? I don't know why full they
4: synthetic. even make full. I don't know why semi synthetics even on a shelf. It's a marketing tool, is all by the oil companies. It needs to go away. Regular oil needs to go away, Ivan. I don't know why anybody, any shop even, still sells regular oil. Really? Every vehicle now, on the road today should have full synthetic in it, period.
10: Okay. Well, that's going to lead me to another question. But my second question originally was, so the, I have a 2021 Trail Boss with the 6.2 the liter in mm-hmm. there, um, and, it, and it says to use the DEXO. You have oil, to have the DEXO you know. stamp
4: on it to keep it under warranty, yes.
10: Okay, so it does have to have that
4: stamp. You, you can do the oil change yourself. Again, you just have to prove that uh-huh. you put the DEXO stamped. And, and I will say, is there any difference in that oil? Not really. It's a it's a marketing thing that GM did with the oil companies. It's their formulation, quote-unquote. They make the oil company put that stamp. GM is getting a kickback, by the way, on every single quart of oil that is sold with that Dexo stamp. It was a great ploy on GM's part to make money on oil, even though they don't make oil. So. It's the only reason uh-huh. it's there, Ivan. There's really nothing different in it. But technically speaking, for you to keep that vehicle under warranty, you have to use that oil with a Dexo stamp, period okay okay good to know
10: and yeah because I, I i'm a valvoline guy and i really can't say why other than just ever since i was a kid that's what i've used and i've it's seen all, they have anymore to on, and
4: it. no offense i have anymore it's all the same yeah, sorry yeah i am not problem. brand specific anymore on stuff because it's it's okay. virtually all the same
10: okay now yeah. then when you said synthetic should be in every car on the road now i got another question for you that because i've got a two
4: we lost you ivan you have a what 2000 what What's that? Uh, we lost you. You have a two thousand what? Two
10: thousand Ford Ford Ranger. Okay, two point three liter in there. Yep. That should have a synthetic. I run synthetic
4: in I, there. I, I run synthetic in my lawnmower now, Ivan. What does that tell you?
10: <laughs> okay, Because <laughs> okay. my next question is, well, I have a, a sixty-seven C ten with a four hundred small block in it. That one I takes different like, oil.
4: So that's a flat tappet right. camshaft. They make. Right oil specific for flat tappet camshafts, and instead of using you know, additives and all of that, there's a company called Driven. Joe Gibbs Racing actually came up with this oil, but it's called Driven. You can buy it at many different locations, but just buy their oil for that vehicle per the weight you need, and it'll have all the additives in it for that flat tappet camshaft.
10: Okay, now this motor that's in there, it's not an original stock motor. I had a guy rebuild it many years ago. He souped it up a little bit and stuff like that. So does that make any difference? It still has a flat tappet cam
4: unless he did a roller cam, which it's unlikely no. that he did. If it's a flat yeah, tappet cam, use cam. that Driven Oil, yes. Driven Oil. That's it's the called name Driven. It, huh? That's okay. the name of the company, okay. yes. Joe Gibbs Racing way? Driven Oil.
10: Okay. What weight would you use on something like that? You know, this you know I don't, don't know what, what the kind of
4: Driven oil. comes in. Um, uh, you know any you know ten ten thirty ten forty fifteen forty twenty fifty I don't I don't know what what yeah. what you know oil I you know what I haven't looked at any of that and bought any for so long Do you drive it all year long or is it just seasonal No
10: no it, it, it's just a toy It's basically a toy Yep It's just a little hot rod that I've you know lowered down and it's kind of a rat rod thing and uh, and I just drive it on the weekends You know farting around doing burnouts and that kind of stuff You know so. 20, if um, you're only using it at that driver. time of
4: year, if they've got a 2050 weight, which they used to make back in the day, you could, you, you could even yep. use a 2050.
10: Yeah, that's what I put in the last time I changed, a Valvoline 2050. Yeah, and they've which got, know, like, it, it looks like they've got 1030,
4: 1550, 20, you know, uh, 1040 yeah. even. I'd probably, given yeah. when you drive that, I'd run a 1550 in it.
10: 1550. Okay, good. Just enough, knowing man. how loose those was...
4: were back in the day, yeah. that 50 weight's right. not going right. to bother you at all.
10: Right, exactly.
4: And if it's yeah, hopped right. up at yeah. all, he put looser clearances in it most likely. The 50 weight will be just fine, which, by the way, looser clearances used to make them run a lot better because you had less friction there, but you needed a heavier weight oil to make up for some of that.
10: Right. Yep, I've always ran twenty fifty in it for sure. So, so you, you could do um,
4: theirs at fifteen fifty then and do it that way.
10: Okay. All right. All right, John. Hey, I really appreciate it. Man. You're very great welcome, job. Ivan.
4: That's a great question, by the way, so thanks. Joe and Conifer, you got a story for us. Hang tight. We'll come right back. Drive Radio,
11: KLZ 560. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie Distributing, your local BG Products Distributor, back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. Now, this week, we're going to talk about something a little bit different, windshield washer fluid. You might have noticed, but the highways around Colorado are a little bit messy, And we've got them covered with this wonderful magnesium chloride that just gums up your windows. And so you're going to probably go through a lot of windshield washer fluid. But is all windshield washer fluid the same? Unfortunately not. In fact, in most parts of the country, windshield washer fluid can actually freeze as low as 30 degrees Fahrenheit. We all know that water freezes at about 32 degrees Fahrenheit, and typically windshield washer fluid or solvent contains a methanol in order to prevent freezing at colder temperatures. Now by adding roughly 30% methanol, the freeze point of windshield washer fluid can drop to as low as 20 degrees Fahrenheit. And that's typically what you're going to find on the shelf in most Colorado retail locations. but. If you've traveled and you've bought washer fluid anywhere else in the country, specifically in the southern parts, you may have washer fluid with as little as 10% ethanol and that's the fluid that can freeze as low as 30 degrees Fahrenheit. Additionally, if you've had washer fluid sitting in your garage all summer long, the methanol in that washer fluid may have evaporated. This also causes the freeze point of the washer fluid to be higher than you would need this time of year in Colorado so the lesson is make sure that your windshield washer fluid in your car is rated to at least 20 degrees below zero which contains at least 33 percent methanol and you'll be safe in even the harshest Colorado winters thanks again Drive Radio listeners this is Chris Hammond with BG Products Look forward to talking to you again next week.
4: We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass.
1: You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured. But you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, You'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303 6620789. That's 303 6620789.
4: Have an older furnace system, noticing high energy bills, more breakdowns? Are some rooms colder than you'd like? upgrade to a modern high efficiency furnace and you can reduce your heating usage by 20-40%. to Less money spent heating your home and more money to spend doing the things that you enjoy most. Mention this ad and receive $250 off your upgrade to a high efficiency furnace system. Call 720-442-8842 or visit driveradio.com today that's 720-442-8842 or go to drive-radio.com for absolute electrical heating and For
2: quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air.
4: All right, and we are back. Drive Radio KLZ 560. Joe and Conifer, what's going on, sir?
9: Oh, I got a little story to tell you if I got a few minutes. No, let's do it. Go ahead. All right. Uh, Sunday was the 1st of January. My high boy turned 50.
4: Oh, Nice yeah. truck, by the way. Uh,
9: mm-hmm. Not anymore.
4: <laughs> oh, what happened?
9: Uh, I killed her in the canyon uh, Sunday Joe.
4: morning about
9: eight thirty. Over on her top.
4: Mm, Joe.
9: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I can give you the details if I got a minute. Yeah, uh, let's hear. All right. Well, I was heading in about eight thirty. Uh, came into the, the roads were dry all the way to the canyon. You know, from tiny town down mm-hmm. to four seventy. And it looked like the roads had been just coated with uh, uh, ice remover. Mm -hmm. But I slowed down anyhow because it was was black all the way across the highway. It looked like it had just been sprayed. So I slowed down, and I noticed in the center median somebody had just hit the median and then spun out and hit the guardrail, but there were no vehicles right there or anything. I came around the next corner. I I was only going about 20 because it was pretty scary. Okay. I came around the next corner, straightened out. There was a Morrison cop sitting about, oh, 100 yards ahead of me with his he- overheads on. And I could see at the next corner there was something, a wreck or something. And just about that time, my truck went into a spin. Mm. I hit the guardrail, flipped it over on its top. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it was a little, little tense. Well, that. And you've met me. I'm not a small guy. i about 300 pounds. And... uh I was hanging by the seatbelt. Oh boy! And uh, my head was against the top of the cab, and I, you know, there was pressure on my neck. Yeah. And the sheriff and somebody else came up, and I actually rolled the window up, well, down, up, up. Yeah, <laughs> is. yeah I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the the whoever was at the window, he says, "I'm going to cut your seatbelt." I started screaming at him, "Do not cut my seatbelt, because that would have put all my weight on my neck." Right. And it probably would have broke my neck right there, but I' wriggled around a little bit and i got it got my composure up enough to where I actually got my hands above my head and I pushed my body weight up,
4: mm, okay, you know, yep,
9: and swung my head and my arms out the window, and then I crawled out the window okay and
4: uh so you okay it
9: gets a, oh, I got a few bumps and bruises, and uh
4: how bad's the, the truck.
9: Uh, she's a lot shorter than she was.
4: Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. So what are you going to do, but, fix uh, it, or what are you going to do, Joe? Uh,
9: uh, My plan is to rebuild it. Okay. Um, Chassis is not hurt. Okay. But there's a little more to the story. Um, You know, of course, I'm out, State Patrol showed up, you know, the rescue squad and everything. Right. And there was a Jeffco sheriff who was down at the accident, down the... Uh, at the next corner, he came walking up and was talking to me. And I told him, I said, I slowed down because I saw those marks on the wall. And the sheriff said those were his. Oh. He had spun out on the highway, Oh. Man. And he had a few more words to say about CDOT, but I'm not going to repeat that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyhow, there was also a, like a six car pile up behind me on the corner I just made. Oh. And they took, like, three people to the hospital. Oh, boy. And, uh, but, uh, it was a scary situation,
4: you know. Yeah, it sounds like so. it. Well, I'm glad and you're I all had, right. I
9: had, I had, oh, I am, too. Um, and, uh...
4: Trucks can be replaced. I I had, you can't be.
9: Uh, well, the sheet metal's expendable. That's what I've always
4: said. Yeah, you know, that one, luckily, as you know, you can still buy some pieces for that. In fact, that oh, one you can buy a lot of pieces for, so that's the plus I did, well. at least.
9: You can have the ca- cab off in six bolts. That's right, you
4: know. and, and they, and again, as you know, there's a lot of replacement pieces now made for those that makes yeah. that a lot easier. So that's that's at least yeah. a good thing.
9: But uh, you know, I guess the point I'm trying to make is, I've always worn my seatbelts.
4: <laughs> me too. I mean, yeah. I'm one of those yeah. guys where my dad taught me early on. I don't know. I just when I get in, I don't feel right if I don't buckle up. It's just it's just yeah. me, I, I, and I don't care what I'm driving. That's what I do.
9: Well, you know, I rode bikes for years and stuff, and, you know, I didn't agree with helmet laws and seatbelt laws simply because I didn't like being told I had to do it, but it's definitely, uh, I guess i <laughs> proves the
3: point. Well,
4: on the same token, though, Joe, you, you and I both know people are going to wear them or not wear them, no matter what the law says yeah. anyway, so I'm still one yeah. that says we don't need the laws, but, yes, you should be wearing them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, it's, for your own safety, you should be wearing one. Oh, yeah. And but then, I'm also one where, you know, natural selection works pretty well sometimes. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just saying. And
9: there's there's one, one more little tidbit. You know, I uh, I towed the truck out of the impound yard Wednesday, and I was looking at it, and right by the taillight, there's some mar- there's some dents where somebody hit me. Hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. I so don't do you know think well, that happened and that's what
4: spun you out or what?
9: I'm I'm thinking that way i'm not a hundred percent sure yeah. okay i already talked to the troopers and stuff about it and see what happened did they
4: give you a ticket or how did all that work out no
9: no i no ticket. at this point i haven't been ticketed okay
4: well that's nice so, at least yeah um, some consolation
9: yeah yeah but
4: <laughs> well i'm sorry to hear that joe
9: <laughs> okay all right i'm trying to look at the positive side of it i think positive that's side is you're okay life. Yeah, yeah, three things saved my life. My seatbelt, my cab was strong enough not to crush all the way down. Yep. And luck.
4: Yep. No, you're good. You're a yeah. good man. Joe, glad, glad yeah. you're okay. All
12: right. Uh, all right, man. Thanks no, thank you. you. Thanks,
4: for, thanks for giving us an update. Yeah, everybody be careful. Uh, when it gets slippery like that, in his case, he doesn't know if it was, you know, him or even somebody hitting it. but you've got to be really, really careful. Um, and I, how do I say this? Wife and I were talking about this the other day. When I was a kid, dot threw a little sand here and there, and that was about it. You just learned how to drive on stuff. And I know Joe knows how to drive, so that's not the case. But I look around today, and I think to myself, if we didn't have what they do out on the roads on a daily basis, most people wouldn't get from A to B because they've never driven anything like what I drove in growing up.
12: No, right? I agree. Yeah.
4: Literally, they would not get from A to B. And I did all that back in that day with no four-wheel drive. Right. right. My old Buick that I still own, we put studded snows on it, and literally I'd drive that thing. Studded snows and pause attraction, you'd pretty much go anywhere you wanted to go.
12: And some sandbags in That's it.
4: Yeah, I'd, th- I'd throw two in the back, <laughs> and away you'd go. That's how you did it. Yeah, and never, you know what, I've driven in two-feet snowstorms with that thing and never had any issues, and nobody would think about getting out in that today doing that. Boy, yeah. have times changed. Yeah. Yeah. All right, really quick, back to some of the, the buying and selling of cars. Now we got a little break here in the action. Lines are open, too, by the way, 303-477-5600. And, again, we're going to give you tips on buying selling. So is there, this is for you guys on the auto sales site, is there better times of the month to buy a car versus others?
6: Oh, absolutely. The end of the end of the month is always good because they we're trying to close out their books and in this business we
4: It's kind of true for everybody, even you guys, right? Oh, yeah. I
6: I think so. Yeah,
4: cuz you're you're trying to, you know, you're doing the same thing even the big dealers are doing, right?
6: The biggest opportunity was just missed. And that was the, the end last of the year. last week of the year. Yep,
4: mm-hmm. agree. Yep. Prices it, will go up Everybody's trying January. to get all their stuff done by year end, get mm-hmm. all those final sales in, get them off their books. Mm-hmm. But that's, to your point, Justin, gone.
6: Yeah, and especially with if you're buying a new car, those guys are trying to push as many new cars out as they can because True. then they get allocated that's right. more new cars.
4: And a bigger discount in some cases.
6: Correct, and bigger kickbacks from that's the right. manufacturer when they sell them.
4: That's right. So, but that's gone. That that one's already flown. So now we, you're in. The we missed that one. You got right. to wait till Got to wait till the end of this year. The end of this year for that. Where do you guys see? You know, the used car end of it. You see all these different reports of Carmax. It's going to crash the market. Those guys are going under. So on and so forth. I, and by the way, none of that has happened yet. There's been all sorts of naysayers for the past two months saying that. I've seen them all over you know, all the different social media platforms, Facebook, YouTube, you name it. I, I haven't seen any of that happen yet. Yes, there's always adjustments in the car market, up, down, and, and otherwise, and you guys know that ebbs and flows. Have you seen or do you hear of anything major coming along, you know, coming down the pike with the Carmax situation?
6: So I think CarMax is going to be okay, um, and that's because they actually have retail locations. Mm-hmm. I think the ones that are going to have trouble is Vroom and Carvana.
4: Carvana. Oh, sorry, no, sorry, I didn't yep. say that right. Carvana's who I meant to Carvana. say. My bad. I, yeah. I didn't mean CarMax. I, yeah, those guys are going to be – it's the Carvana deal, all the debt, and so yeah, on. But
12: Carvana doesn't obey the law. Exactly. That's the thing. So.
4: Yeah, we've had many conversations yeah, on they, that
12: they, one. They, I don't – you know. It, we have to obey by the rules, but they don't have to somehow. So
4: having them go away is probably not a bad thing. Yeah, they're not, really a, they're not
12: really a threat. I would just like to see, you know, the the playing field level. Okay, you so know? <laughs> if,
4: if they don't get their financing figured out, which I think they've got another week or so on that unless something changes, if something happens, they go completely belly up, the inventory goes into the marketplace, what do you see happening?
6: I don't think it's going to be sold cheap. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you go to an auction and you're there with another 100 guys, nothing gets purchased cheap at an auction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the amount of cars they have versus the amount of cars that are in the market, it is not going to bring the prices down. Um, I don't care what anybody says. By the way,
4: I, Justin, I think you're correct, by the way. I, I Despite what all these naysayers out there are saying, I tend to agree with you on that one. I Yes, they've got inventory. Yes, they probably have some of the largest inventory of all of the different... Uh, conglomerate used car folks that are out there, CarMax, Carvana, and there's some others. Uh, On the same token, they're not the only game in town. There's a lot of other used cars, even collectively among all of the different dealers that are out there, you guys as independents and so on. When you look at the entire market, Carvana is still a fraction. Uh, They're not the whole market, is my point. Yes. Do they have an impact? Certainly. But they're not the entire market. And I'm guessing, just like with anything else, and I don't want to speak for you guys, but it's still tough to find good-use cars, right? It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, if, their mar- if their inventory comes into the market, it just gives all these other individuals like yourselves the ability to find those cars and sell them anyways, right? right. And Correct.
12: And I, I don't think they're going to dump their whole inventory in one day. No,
4: not if the bankruptcy guys are smart. The bankruptcy they won't.
12: guys and all the auction guys aren't going to let it happen. They're going to spread it out because they don't want to lower Correct. the cost of the cars. They want to keep it at a normal level. So if they dump it, then they get this downward trend for a little bit, and then they'll cycle through and probably go right back up. But, yeah, they, they are just a drop in the bucket. Yeah. Uh,
4: and I agree with you guys. And, and for those of you that maybe don't know all of Carvana's history, you see some places even around Denver called Drive Time. They're used car lots. That's Carvana. That was Carvana before Carvana started. The guys that owned Carvana started at Drive Time, and no offense – drive time was known to not be the most honest of individuals when it came to selling used cars. All they did was take that same exact mantra, and they took it globally, or you know nationally, if you would, to Carvana. That's all they did. No different.
6: I don't know where they thought that that business model was going to work. When you go to buy a a used car, you want to touch it, drive it, smell it. Um, All these things are very important. If you buy a car online, you don't get to do any of that
4: right agree agree all right we'll talk more on that lines are open 303-477-560 so will give you more tips by the way on buying selling all of that don't go anywhere myself justin and josh of course from ridgeline auto brokers in boulder and uh, legacy automotive also we'll be right back this is drive radio klz 560. Have you ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out-of-the-norm vehicle? Worldwide, Vintage Autos is the place to go for all your vintage car and truck needs. With over 80,000 square feet... All right, we are back. And I just read an article a moment ago about Carvana, by the way, that says they've got potentially enough cash to run through the end of 2023 unless they get a cash infusion from some investors. Hard to say what will happen on that. Uh, I tend to be where Josh and Justin are on this. Carvana doesn't play by the rules in a lot of cases. They're late on title delivery. They don't play by the rules in certain states when it comes to even having dealer's licenses there. They skirt the law in a lot of different ways. I, You can already tell I am not a Carvana fan by any stretch of the imagination. They also sell a lot of cars that I feel have titles washed, where that car may have been a salvage title car at one time. They get the title washed through the system. It then ends up in somebody's hands as a quote-unquote un you know, it's a clean car, clean title, when in fact it's not. Uh, they are a company that I would highly recommend you never buy from ever when it comes to a used car, period. No matter what part of the country you're listening to me in, I would not buy a car from Carvana, period, for all the reasons I just stated. They also have been known, and even, even Justin and Josh were talking about this a moment ago, you guys go to auction, you don't know where the car comes from at auction, you buy it, and if it comes from somebody like... Carvana, you may wait up to two months to get your title when, in fact, that's supposed to be done within 30 days. You know, the Correct. state
6: says 30 days um, on a wholesale transaction or a retail transaction. And you see so many of these Carvana-tagged vehicles running down the road with expired temp tags. Mm-hmm. That's because they're not delivering title in time.
4: They so don't so know how where are the titles they getting are. by with that is my question. I have no idea.
12: I think they're just so big that that you know the states aren't, don't want to take them on because they know the fight's going to be big, too. They have a lot of lawyers, so it's a bigger fight than taking on a smaller guy. Especially
4: if they go bankrupt, they then know it's even a bigger fight than what it is, right? Now it looks like they've got enough cash, and again, that's speculation. There's no facts in that, um, or you know, facts to back that up. These are people out there analyzing and saying those things. Uh, they do have some big debt that's coming due. Uh, some of that debt was was continued, let me say it that way, was, the balloon payments were continued until this month. What happens from there personally? Most people, you know, it's like a bank and the mortgage on your house. They don't want your house back. Mm -hmm. They'd rather figure out a way for you to make the payments on that house and keep things going, even if they have to stretch things out a little bit, versus having your house. The people that have invested into Carvana, I believe it's the same way. They really don't want the business and all the cars. They'd rather have the money at some point in time. Mm -hmm. So my own gut feeling is, unfortunately, Justin, I think they'll probably get some of this stayed and worked out because nobody wants all those cars. Yeah, that's my. You may be
6: right. You may be right. Could be
4: wrong, but that's my thought. That's why I also don't predict a big flood in the used car market.
6: I agree with you, though. I do not think that's the
4: proper way to purchase. No, no, it is not. not. I would not do that. Craig and Aurora, you're up. Hello, Craig. Thanks for Craig. Go ahead, Craig. Craig.
5: Yeah, hey, uh, I got a question for you, John. I've got a twenty eleven Dodge Ram fifteen hundred and uh with a five point seven in it mm-hmm. and it's been a great truck. I got about eighty six thousand miles on it and uh now it decides it doesn't want to start uh in the morning when it's left overnight and it takes me about six times to try to get it started. When it finally does start, uh it runs fine. And, uh, and it'll run fine throughout the day, and it'll start during the day. But when I leave it overnight, uh doesn't matter what I do. It just doesn't want to start.
4: Okay, when uh, you say won't start, I assume it's cranking over and won't fire, or is yes. it not cranking?
5: It's cranking over, and uh, if, I, if I do this several times, it'll try to start a couple of times, and... Uh, I'll sit there with the key on just to make sure that uh, the fuel pump is, you know, pumping up. Mm -hmm. And uh, it'll eventually start. But, uh, yeah, it'll crank over and it'll try to start, uh, usually after two or three times trying to get it going. But after that, uh, you know, it's, I don't know what it's doing.
12: What year, Ram, is it again? 2011. It's a 2011.
4: 2011. It's an early
12: one. 5.7. So, yeah, it's usually one of two things. Sometimes it's what we call the tip 'em. So it's basically the body control computer that turns on the fuel pump, and sometimes they will be going out, and they won't let the fuel pump run. Or sometimes either you also have – it's not a return fuel system. So the pump picks it up and sends it to the injectors, and then the injectors let it go. So you could have a leaky injector or the fuel pump's not working as well as it should. So overnight what happens is the – On most cars, the fuel pressure kind of stays around, you know, 35 PSI in the rail. And then overnight, Uh something's leaking down. Either the fuel injector's leaking down or it's leaking past the check valve in the pump. So your fuel pressure goes to zero. And as you crank, the fuel pump's running, and it finally builds up enough pressure for it to start and run. And that's usually what we find. So you can take it to a mechanic, and they can put a fuel pressure gauge on. And what they'll see is the gauge will just drop to zero after it sits for a while and then they'll know Uh, know from there or you could put on yourself because usually they have a schrader valve on the dodges so you can usually buy uh, you know a gauge at the at the um, auto parts store and put on there and you'll see you know during the day you go to start up if you had the gauge on it you would see that you had full you know 35 45 psi on the fuel pressure but on the overnight what i'm expecting is just going down to zero and that's why it just takes forever so you have to crank and crank and crank and crank and then finally it builds up enough pressure to fire off okay
5: yeah, because uh, this started about a month and a half ago, mm-hmm. and uh, it, would do, it would do it a couple of times. And I would uh, then the next time I'd get in, uh, it you know it took like four times, and now it's taking like six times. I got a feeling I'll eventually get in, and it'll never start. <laughs>
12: yeah, that's usually the way it goes. Yeah. yeah, And it's always going to be the worst time that it won't start. Never when
4: it's the the. Uh, never when it's easy to handle. By the way, right?
12: Exactly. It's going to be in the middle right, of a cold and, uh, snowstorm. And my my guy is uh,
5: Ken over at Tune Tech.
12: Oh yeah, Ken's a good and, guy.
5: Uh, oh yeah, he's great, and uh, he's, he services all our cars. And uh, when I can afford it, but. All right, I'll, I'll check on that. I'm I'm hoping that it's not a, a fuel pump.
12: <laughs> right, yeah.
4: Yeah, right. I mean, again, not the end of the world if it is. Those aren't no, a big deal to do. No, not too bad. No, and again, you, it's one of, the, <coughs> excuse me, one of those deals where you do that and you get another 100K plus out of the truck mm-hmm. or more.
5: Right. Okay. Well, hey, I appreciate you guys. You're very to welcome. You.
4: No, Craig, thank you. Appreciate it very much. we got another full hour coming your way, by the way, 303. 4775600 anything you need don't forget you can text us which I should check the text line 307 200 307-200-8222 uh, anything you need uh, you can actually text us or call in either way we'll take care of it again we've got Josh Goff Legacy Automotive in Boulder along with Ridgeline Auto Brokers two businesses in one Justin who's with us today as well runs the auto broker side of the fence so any of you out there listening that are looking for a used car you're needing a used car you've got a family member that needs a car maybe you've got a child somebody's starting to drive you're looking for a vehicle that's really reliable solid but you don't want to go out and spend money on a brand new car uh, you know these guys have got cars in the make sure i say this right in the probably 7500 to 25k price range am i about right Yeah,
6: we try to stick around there. You know, we've got a lot of uh, good cars for high school students, college students. We specialize kind of Honda, Toyota, Subaru. Okay. Try to stay on the more
4: reliable side. Okay. So there you go, folks. We'll be right back again. Another full hour coming your way. Drive Radio, KLZ 560.
12: Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments.